I'm Kevin Stark. I'm joined here by Tim Vandercoy. Hello. He's a co-op student working at Tastop on the engineering operations team, which is the team that I work on. Tim, you're a good Nova Scotian kid. That's true. You've graduated with a double major, history, journalism, mm -hmm. Dalhousie. Back when I knew a little bit less of what I wanted to do in life. Right. <laughs> That's all. Perhaps all journalism majors feel that way. Uh, and you're currently getting your Bachelor of Computer Science at University of British Columbia. Yeah, which, which you did as well. Which I did as well. And uh, and so you're working with us for eight months. And actually, tomorrow's your last day. Yeah, it's very sad. Very sad. Sad day. Yeah, I don't know what we're going to do without you. You'll find a new co-op. I'm going to have to blame my <laughs> mistakes on somebody else. So we're here to talk a little bit about uh, Tastop starting to adopt a new technology, in this case Docker, more widely. Uh, we have been using it for um, on and off for a couple of years. Our product team had been using, our apps team had been using it for uh, Dockerizing the product, uh, mostly for development. We've started to expand that a little bit and you've been on uh, a couple of teams that have been pretty instrumental in that. So can you talk a little bit about the Integrations X team, what that team was doing what it was doing with Docker? Sure. Uh, so the first team that I was a part of was Integrations X, and that team was kind of formulated with a few co-ops and one full-time mentor. And the goal of that team was to see how we could iterate a bit faster and develop a bit more effectively when developing our connectors. And so part of that could have included working with uh, the actual code itself or improving the actual infrastructure or improving our testing. So for me, I was looking more into actually improving the testing because Part of the problems that we would encounter were uh, testing against one shared instance. So every time we wanted to test our backend code changes against something, we were all hitting the same repository, right. which didn't seem to work out a lot for us because it was always kind of like, hey, are you testing right now? Okay, I'll wait, and then I'll wait and do mine. Right. And well, so, did you delete my task? Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Or you know, we had certain things set up in that repository that needed to be stay the same and yeah if somebody went in there and deleted it for something or right so basic configuration and things like that mm -hmm. yeah. right and so that's where docker came in and really helped us was because you know we could create an image that each one of us could use personally on our own computer and we didn't have to worry anymore about having a, a shared instance right. and also it was good for other teams and ourselves because it also allowed us to version our repositories as well so if we wanted to uh, introduce something new into our configuration, we could go back and look at the version previously or continue to move forward with that. Right, yeah. I mean, we've, uh, it's interesting that you say that because we've been talking about uh, problems in, in release builds when you have a version, let's say, of a web UI that uses, you know, node version, let's say, 4.2 or something like right. that. And then the next one is using node version 6 something. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you need to make that old release build, how do you make a reproducible environment for you to run that build, to create those artifacts, to test that? Um, and Docker is really, really helpful that way because you can just create an image that has that particular environment exactly as you need it to run all your tests, run your build, and then you can have a separate one for a newer release. Just tag it properly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> tag yeah. PSA. Don't tag latest. Tag it properly. Yeah. Um, so, how did you guys get started with Docker? I mean, how how did that conversation start? 
as hey we should use docker well, you know was it hey we should use vagrant and virtualbox first or why why was it why was it docker who was i think docker was the first thing that we considered also because we were working closely with njops at the time and it was part of uh, part of our goal was to kind of help out njops in these uh, enablement tasks for you guys right and part of that was being you know dockerized repository was one of the things that uh, we had listed as something that we should do and yeah. that kind of fit in with you know the problems that we were having so Docker was something that we always considered, but didn't really think of Vagrant or VirtualBox right uh, right away. So yeah, in terms of um, how did we get started was kind of where yeah. we wanted to go with that. Um, I mean, we had some great resources on the NJOPS team who could help us out. Stefan, one of our uh, full-time developers, was, was a great resource. He was one of the first people who also started working with Docker in the company. And going off of his code reviews and going off of his knowledge of Docker itself was really good in terms of, you know, our versioning strategy, how we wanted to write our Docker files, and just kind of best practices to go with. Right. Uh, Casey is also a Casey good, is pretty too. big resource. He's, yeah. he's um, developed a lot of stuff and Dockerized it. He's taken a few web applications and Dockerized them. Right, and, and yep thrown them on AWS. Um, he's, he can be a pretty big wizard as well. Um, so you had a couple of core engineers, full-time engineers that were able to uh, code review your changes, but also, in, you know, encourage you to learn more and more about the technology, learn to learn best practices, you know, basic conventions, things like that. Um, so then how, how does that uh, then kind of proliferate? How does that move out towards other teams? How did that process start? Okay, so I think first of all going back was, you know, we had uh, the engineers to help us as well, but we also had a lot of time on our hands to do it, whereas some other engineers may not have that as much time as we did being an experimental team. Right. As a group of co-ops, it was not like we were solving high priority defects. Yeah. We had this time to kind of go about it and learn it and then come back and also continue to learn. You were kind of isolated in yeah. that. Yeah. And so now the problem is, or was maybe, uh, taking what we've learned and also educating our other developers who, you know, have their full-time priorities as well. So how do, how do we proliferate that? is we've kind of set up a bi-weekly Docker meeting where we have one representative from each team come and join us and we can talk about Docker issues and we can try to create some documentation that can help uh, developers who may be working with Docker or trying to Dockerize their own repositories. And so having this bi-weekly meeting, uh, keeping each other honest about updating our documentation has been pretty helpful in terms of kind of rolling out that knowledge for that technology. Right. And so that, I mean, that also has to be, uh, that also has to be an engineering objective overall, right? So mm -hmm. those, you know, those developers on each of those teams, they need to be encouraged and given that time to say, look, I'm working on Docker right now. Right. Like I can't help with the feature. I can't help with this defect. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm working on moving these repositories out of these kind of unicorn-like virtual machines <laughs> yeah. onto an environment that's yeah. isolated or it's, and on a, certainly, it's on a Docker host or something like that. Certainly working on Docker, you feel a bit isolated as well because you're you're doing this, you know, it could take a week or it could take a day or two. Like you never kind of know with, with Docker, it, there's multiple ways to get the same job done. Right. You know. Um, 
you know, I remember when uh, Integrations 2 was first trying to, so they, we'd given them a Docker host, right, which, mm-hmm. which had, the, had everything, had the Docker engine on it. Um, and the idea was that they could launch multiple versions of, of let's say, Jira. Right. And then we would use, a, I guess, a reverse proxy to basically just, you know, pick virtual hosts that you could just hit that machine with a virtual host name. And then it would just reroute to each of those Jira versions so that they could run tests against it, like a bunch of versions. Mm-hmm. And they were really struggling early on. And I remember there was, because the engineering department's all kind of in one big room. And they were kind of going back between us and you and another couple of people just trying to figure out, like, this doesn't work and that doesn't work. And how do we do this thing and how do we do that thing? I think I had, like, you eight know, people ask me, like, how does the reverse proxy work? And I was like, um... Uh, I think they asked me first. It just works. I said, ask my co-op. He knows how the reverse proxy works more than I do. Um, I came up with some answer, and I think that satisfied them. Right. I don't know if that was right, but yeah. uh, it it just seemed like it was there was a lot of... A lot of activity, a lot of action there. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of confusion of it, at first. Exactly. Some of it was productive, some of it less so. Um, in doing this, you know, what were the biggest hurdles, would you say, to kind of passing that knowledge on? Is it is it making sure that your documentation is sensical? Is it... Um, is it is it finding a way or finding a forum to be able to talk to other engineers one-on-one maybe or in mm-hmm. a small group what what were the challenges and kind of what were the things that you guys did to help uh, push knowledge further and, and help those other teams get ramped up I think cross-team collaboration was one of the bigger ones because it's, it's hard for some teams to kind of take themselves out of what uh, their daily tasks are or what they need to get done in a day-to-day basis and actually set up a time when we can just talk about Docker or talk about the problems that they're having in terms of, of that, because you know sometimes if there's a problem, end jobs ourselves you know can't always be on the ball to help these people, right? And um, you know that's where the resource person comes in for having on each team as with our our biweekly Docker meeting. That's why we want to have a resource person is so that they can be consulted, because that cross team collaboration can be tough. And it's like we want to help. Obviously, we want to help, but sometimes things get in the way. Right. And we, everybody has their own tasks that they need to get through. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you can't spend three hours a day sitting troubleshooting Docker right. um, for another team. Right. And that's another thing is that, you know, trying to keep documentation up to date. Well, there's only so much of documentation that you can do uh, when it seems that a lot of problems can be unique. Right. You know, uh, I can answer like some problems that people have, you know, such as, if I start up an application and I need to talk to uh, my SQL database and it says, oh, my, my SQL database hasn't started yet, what's the problem? Well, I was like, oh, well, that, there's an answer for that. You know, there's right. this wait for it script. Yes. So there's certain answers to some patterns we've seen, yeah. but there's not enough patterns been established in Docker at this point to be like, this is a one-size-fits-all solution. Right, right, right. So that's also a problem, is trying to find documentation that kind of answers people's questions or leads them to answers. Yeah. And and also like each repository that we deal with is like, different. Is different. Yeah. You know, Jira is different than say something like RTC, which is different than TFS, which mm-hmm. is different than GitLab. Yeah. And if you're trying to create an image of those things so that you can actually test implementing connectors on them, um, you know, they're not all going to be the same, and they're going to deal with 
you know, interacting with databases differently and, and interacting uh, with their web UIs differently. And so there's, there's, there's lots of considerations that are uh, definitely unique. Right. So, um, so yeah, I think, I mean, the importance is to just get the basics down and then hopefully move into some more advanced topics and then hopefully we've procured the interest enough so that they can kind of take it from there. Right. So, you know, looking back, improvements, if you had to do it all over again, you know, as a team, how, you know, would you have, would you have approached it differently, whether it was learning Docker yourself or working with those other teams? Would you have started some of these things like the documentation pages? Would you have started the meetings earlier? Uh, what, what would you have done differently? Is there anything you think now that needs to be done that's outstanding that really well, we all, we should be We always on? talked about maybe getting training. Yeah. And maybe having some course like that for like a day or two or nothing that would take up a lot of people's times right. would have been nice because I think that that may have answered some of like the basic problems that we encountered, you know, to have that uh, general knowledge amongst all of our developers, I think would have been great to have because sometimes some of the questions that we would get maybe were, oh, well, not easy to answer, but something that, you know, could have been solved by training. Right. And, but I'm not really sure if I would have done it differently. I think we uh, answered the problem as best as we could for what we needed. You know, Docker isn't something that everybody needs to know right now. Yeah. And so the fact that we're rolling it out slowly and not every team needs to uh, Dockerize their repositories, I think this is fine because, you know, it didn't cost us really anything to do time-wise or money-wise. Right, you know? right. That's fantastic. Thanks for coming by the broom closet to join us. Yeah. And uh, people don't need to know about no how big this room is. It's, it's huge. <laughs> it's a mansion. We work in a mansion. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks, everyone. See you next time.